0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride Your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday Morning Podcast. And this Friday show, as I said last week, is sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook, that's right, NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on an NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if you win that bet. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets, like which team will win, player props, and total points. You'll be hearing my parlay for this week coming up at the end of the first half. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. I cannot wait. I've heard it is only week's. Maybe even days until the state of Maryland allows DraftKings and other sports online sportsbooks to get started so I can get started. Now, here's what you have to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code 5Questions, all one word, 5Questions. Place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet to get $200 in free bets. If your team wins... So you bet five on the Steelers, they win. You get 200 in free bets, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League, with code 5Questions. Remember, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, wow, that's a good deal. And I am excited because Maryland is about to get... That sports book, uh, online sports book, you can gamble in Maryland. You have to go to a casino. So they're uh, they're getting real close. So I'm excited for that. We have a lot to cover for this episode. We've got a bunch of news, rookie recap, random thoughts, keys to victory, the the nuts and bolts, the meat and potatoes of this podcast. My DraftKings sports book, heart to heart at the end of the show, and Jeremy Jerome Betts is going to join me as always in the second half to talk all things Steelers and give our NFL picks our predictions for the Steelers game so let's get this show on the road let's start with some news not a lot of news right now for the Steelers to Marvin Leal in case you didn't hear his 21 day window has officially started so that's good news I do want to pump the brakes on anyone that thinks that he's going to return to this team this weekend while it's not impossible it's also not likely. The Steelers rarely, if ever, have had a player start their 21-day window off of injured reserve and then have them play that upcoming week. It just rarely happens. Uh, very normal circumstances, they, they let the guy get acclimated, and then they make that move. You saw that with TJ Watt. You saw it with Demonte KZ. And you even saw it with Calvin Austin III before he re-injured his foot. So there's a little bit of news there. Also, in the AFC North, the Cleveland game. Holy cow, have you heard about this game? The Buffalo Bills, Cleveland Browns in Buffalo has been moved to Detroit at Ford Field. Why? Buffalo, New York is scheduled or is predicted to get anywhere from three to six feet of snow. Not inches, feet. Three to six. That is insane. So the NFL said we're moving the game. We're moving the game from Buffalo to the Dome in, in uh Detroit, Steeler fans are familiar with that after Super Bowl Forty, and it's weird because Buffalo is actually going to play two straight games there. They play the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving Day, so just because that's the AFC North, and just because I cannot wrap my brain around three feet of snow, let alone six feet of snow, that in in November of all times, just insane, just insane. Let's do a little quick, a quick little rookie recap here. As we look back on the week that was with the Steelers' rookies, Kenny Pickett continues to improve, Uh, did not turn the ball over, had a rushing touchdown. I'm not going to say that he's a finished product. I'm not about to say that he is the savior or the next franchise quarterback, but what I will say about Kenny Pickett is it seems like he is improving and he is learning, and that's a really important thing. Do you want to see better accuracy? Yes. Do you want to see better decision-making at times? Absolutely. Do you want to see the red zone issues improve? No doubt about it, but what I will say is that I think Kenny Pickett is on the right track, and I like the way he is trending. Second-round pick George Pickens continues to show off his versatility. When Chase Claypool left via trade, you wondered who was going to fill that, that role. It's been a multitude of players, but George Pickens has done things I did not expect. I did not expect him to be getting jet sweep handoffs. I did not expect him to be running reverses. Yet here we are. He scores a touchdown on a jet sweep run. He has a reverse for over 20 yards. I like what I see from George Pickens. Just like Kenny Pickett, he's trending up. I mentioned to Marvin Leal's on his way off of IR. That's good news. Love to see him with TJ Watt in the lineup. And let's go to sixth round pick Connor Hayward. Connor Hayward, he might not be getting the attention, meaning meaning he's not making all the plays. He is seeing the field more. That's important. He is seeing the field more. They're finding ways to get him on the field. I think that's very important. I think it's only a matter of time. He has a unlike Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth. George Pickens, the the, the starters that he does not have a good relationship with, he does have a great relationship on field with Connor Hayward because he was working with him in training camp with the twos and the threes. I wouldn't be shocked if you see that connection start to show up sooner than later. Haven't heard from Mark Robinson in a while. He's been inactive. And then Jalen Warren continues to see his role within the offense grow and develop. That is a great sign not only for the offense, not only for Najee Harris's health, not only for having a change of pace back that can both blitz pick up, catch the ball to the backfield, run. You know, the, the play that no one is talking about, I want to see it more, I, I wanted to see someone have it on Twitter, just so I could watch it a couple times, was the, the game clenching run that Jalen Warren had where he leapt over a defensive back that was going low, hurtled him perfectly. Just what a beautiful play it was. It moved the chains, end the game, victory formation. Jalen Warren's turning into a pretty good player. So there's your rookie recap after week 10, heading into week 11. Let's go to some random thoughts. You know, if you listen to Dave Schofield, Stat Geek, in between Dave just going berserk because I said three stats or four stats the other day because, I, I don't know, I guess I ruined a show. But nonetheless, outside of that, Dave called certain Steeler fans poo-poo Steeler fans. I like to call these individuals a different term, but it's very similar and there's a lot of fans. You got to ask yourself, we talked about this I think last week or two weeks ago. Well, what kind of fan are you? There's those never-happies. That's what I call them. They're never happy. The Steelers could win a Super Bowl. They could win the Super Bowl this year. They could come back. They could not lose another game. Go on to win the Super Bowl. Kenny Pickett hoists the trophy. Uh, you know, Cam Hayward gets to win one. Mike Tomlin wins another, and someone would still complain about maybe red zone efficiency or a tackle play, missed tackle, or so. There are players. There are fans out there that I don't know what they expect, but they're never happy. I'm glad that Dave said what he did. Because what he was able to do was he was able to say all these people that were poo-pooing, as that's why he called them that, the Saints win. He looked at the stats and said, what you're saying is not true. It's not valid. You say the Saints stink. Statistically, they did not stink going into that game. The offense was sixth in terms of yardage. And he went on and on. Go check it out if you haven't listened to it. But man, some of you fans wake up and, and actually look at the team, look at the games. It's not all negative. I'll tell you that. Here's another random thought. There's three of them today. Could Matt Canada stay? I thought about that the other day. I'm thinking about the offense. They looked okay. They looked better on Sunday at Akershore Stadium against the Saints. Kenny Pickett is showing improvement. If that continues, if the offense continues to grow, I hate to tell you this, folks. I hate to say it because there's a lot of you out there that hate Matt Canada's guts. If the offense trends in the right direction and this team starts to play better and they they start to score more than 20 points, closer to 30 points every single week, week in and week out, the guess what? They're going to keep this guy. They're going to keep him. Why? Because Kenny Pickett's got a familiarity with him. The offense has been built around his players that he brings in. I'm just here to tell you, don't be shocked. If the Steelers' offense picks up the the slack, if Matt Canada sticks around. I know you don't want to hear it, but I'm going to say it anyways. Last random thought... You know, there's a lot of people that are very hesitant, you know, with this team. And it all comes down to expectations. You know, it. I don't think anyone should have sky-high expectations for this team right now. You get disappointed, you get angry, you get into disagreements when expectations aren't met. That's what this is all about. It could be in a job setting. It could be in a relationship. Most of the time, if there's a a fight or an argument or a disagreement, it is based on expectations. Whether it's one or two people's expectations and you don't meet those expectations, they then get upset. That's that's 99% of the time that's what happens. So you have these fans that have these sky-high expectations for the Steelers, maybe to win a Super Bowl every single year. Well, no wonder you're never happy. No wonder you're a poo-poo Steeler fan. That's impossible to meet. Six Super Bowls is the most anyone's ever won. It is difficult to do. Just understand you have to tam not, you don't have to put your expectations down. You have to have realistic expectations. That's important, especially for this team as they go through these growing pains. All right. Let's talk about before we get to the keys to victory and preview this upcoming game, how the Steelers. And I talked about the recipe or the plan for success on Wednesday. If you missed that show, go check it out. They still have a lot of work to do before fans start to believe. You know, we talk about expectations. They have a lot of work to do before these fans start to say, you know what? This team could maybe do it. If they win this game on Sunday against Cincinnati, then there's going to have more believers involved. You're four and six, you've got a game against Indianapolis, and then I think Atlanta coming up after that uh then then all of a sudden you start to see wow maybe they could string together some wins maybe they could be playing the ravens for the first time closer to 500 maybe the division's not out of reach this is all stuff that has to happen but before any of that happens the steelers have to do so much stuff so here's what i'm talking about said it on wednesday I'll say it again one win is not a cure all if you think that them beating the saints at home is wow this team is fixed wrong you're not it's not fixed there's plenty of work that needs to be done here are some things that need to be fixed consistency across the board whether you're talking about offensively defensively with things like tackling and assignments consistency is huge kenny pickett has to improve he has to improve in accuracy he has to improve in pre-snap reads he has to improve in the red zone he's a rookie quarterback and i don't think there's many rookie quarterbacks that are inserted into the lineup when he was and say wow this guy's a finished product you know it's a process and he just has to improve keep improving the passing game in general has to improve it has to look more fluid and that's maybe one of the most frustrating things i see other games happening in the national football league whether it's prime time or just another game on a sunday and you just see these receivers that are just wide open and you're thinking that never looks like that for the steelers the passing game just always kind of looks clunky. And I don't think that's always a quarterback thing, but still that's going to be important. See the uh, passing game improve. The big playability, we finally got to see a little bit of that on Sunday against New Orleans. Six plays of 20-plus yards, that is huge. That is huge. If this team can find some consistency, already talked about that, with the big plays, it's going to change everything. The whole dynamic of this team changes, but they have to show they can do it more than just one game. And then how about those eliminating the stupid penalties, those negative plays that seem to just absolutely kill drives or aid drives on the aid drives on the defensive side of the football. And then points per game both on offense and defense is what it's all about. If the Steelers can show an improved level of play and consistency, fans will start to believe. So if Kenny Pickett starts to throw more touchdown passes, that's key. That's key. That's an improving step. People will say, okay, maybe I'm starting to believe in this guy. If they score more than 25 points, if they get over 30, then people are going to say, wow, like this team is trending in the right direction. And even if they're not winning all their games, but they're playing in a certain way, they're, they're, the, it looks the right way, the way it should, then the people are going to start to believe. But they have every right to doubt. Steeler fans have every right to doubt this team in this 3-6 and six start. It has been ugly. I could say that some of the factors of this team it has been mismanaged, and it's one of those situations where at three and six, it's it is three and six, and that's people sometimes will laugh at when you say that, but three and six is three and six. They have three wins, six losses, and it hasn't been pretty this year. The last game was better, but this season has been a struggle. The opponents have been the opponents, but let's also remember. What it looked like when they went against Buffalo, and what it looked like when they went against Philadelphia. I know, both games on the road. I know, both are considered top teams in the in the, uh, their conferences, but think about the, the disparity between the two teams when they played. If they start to show some improvement, that's when the fans will start to believe again. And improvement's going to be key it's going to be key not just in this game this this Sunday but also for the rest of the season so let's talk about this upcoming game we're previewing the week 11 game with the Cincinnati Bengals I talked a little bit about some stats on Wednesday show that's what had Dave and a tizzy uh but still when I think about this game when I think about the Bengals you know the Bengals until the Steelers won in week one they they had swept I think they had swept the Steelers the last two years. It had been a while since the Steelers being The Steelers have only won two of the last three in this, season, this series. And when you look at the odds, the odds have changed. The Steelers, it's moving their direction. What I mean by that is the opening line was the Bengals were getting five points on the road. Now it's they're getting four. So Steelers are still home underdogs. We knew that. But it's moving a little bit. It's moving a little bit. When you think about the differences, because this is the first time the Steelers have had a repeat um, game. This is their first time they've played a division opponent the second time. It's crazy they haven't played the Ravens yet, but still they're finishing up their season series with the the Bengals. What a difference between week one and now in week 11. Think about it. In week one for the Cincinnati Bengals, they had Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow was coming off of his appendix being, uh, you know, he missed a lot of the preseason after his appendicitis had to have his appendix removed. You look at the Steelers. You know, Kenny Pickett wasn't the quarterback in week one. That was Mitch Trubisky. TJ Watt leaves about halfway through the game, does not return. They're not going to have, Steelers are not going to have Chris Boswell this week. That could play a factor. Remember how they won the game in week one with Chris Boswell making the field goal in overtime? And then, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick, we'll talk about him with the injury report. Boy, this game is going to be different. It is going to be different. Let's talk about the injury report. I think it's going to be important. start with the Steelers on Wednesday, November 16th. The players that didn't practice, Akella Witherspoon with a hamstring, Marcus Allen with an illness, Minka Fitzpatrick with an appendix, Devin Bush with a knee, Kevin Dotson with a hip, Trent Scott with a back, and Larry Ogunjobi with a knee. They all did not practice. Full participants, Najee Harris with his knee, Mike Tomlin talked about him, and T.J. Watt with his pec. So then we go to Thursday, November 17th, and we had a lot change. Here are the players that didn't practice. Akella Witherspoon with a hamstring didn't practice. Not sure why he didn't go on injured reserve yet, but they continue to keep him there. Did not practice. T.J. Watt was given the day off. Rested player, didn't practice. Cam Hayward, same thing. Jesse Davis with a knee didn't practice. Okay, so those are the only players that didn't practice. Kevin Dotson returned to practice, was limited with a hip, and so did Larry Ogunjobi with his knee, was limited. That's good news. Devin Bush got back to full participation. Trent Scott was back to full participation. So was Marcus Allen, and Najee Harris continued to be a full participant. But the craziest thing of all in this injury report is that Minka Fitzpatrick, who last Saturday had a surgery to remove his appendix, was a full participant in practice. He talked to the media after practice, and they said, Minko, what do you think? Like, Are you actually going to play? He said, we'll find out on Sunday. I don't know. He said, but I've I've been told that from an internal organ standpoint, they removed the organ, so there's really no damage, risk of further injury. It's more just about, I guess, the the incision or the entry point of where they had to go in to actually remove it. This is insane to me. I, I, I trust the medical team there. That's what Mike Tomlin said. I agree with him wholeheartedly. We'll see. We'll see how this plays out. Let's go look at the Bengals side of things. On Thursday, so Jamar Chase, he hasn't practiced yet this week. Not expected to play, and neither has Dax Hill, the safety with a shoulder injury. Uh, Defensive tackle Josh Tupou, I'm not sure how to say it with a calf. He didn't practice either day either. And offensive tackle Dante Smith with an illness. He did not practice on Thursday. So when you look at some of the other players, uh, halfback Chris Evans with a knee. He's been limited the last two days. Trey Flowers, cornerback, has been limited with a hamstring injury. Mike Hilton has been a full participant uh, both days with a finger. And Leo Collins, the offensive tackle, he has been uh, held out. Of, he was a full participant in practice after being held out with rest on Wednesday. So they're a pretty healthy team. The Bengals are coming off of their bye. That's to be expected. Let's talk about keys to victory here, people. Every week what we do is three keys, offensively and defensively, if you think back to Wednesday's show, you kind of know what we're going to talk about, but it's going to be a little different, so let's hang in there. First and foremost, run the football. Run the football on offense. doesn't have to be 217 yards. You have to be able to run it effectively, create balance, keep the defense guessing. That's what you need. Second key improved red zone production two for five is just not going to cut it that's what the Steelers were in week 10 against the Saints it's not going to cut it against the Bengals you have to improve in the red zone and I I usually say like weighty downs no to me it's all about the red zone the Steelers have proven they can get there it's just finishing finish the job get in the end zone and lastly keep it clean Keep it clean. Play a clean brand of football. If you haven't noticed the three games the Steelers haven't turned it over, they're the three wins they've had this season. If they keep it clean, they have a better chance of winning. Don't give Joe Burrow and the Bengals any extra uh possessions. On the defensive side, stop Joe Mixon. They that mean they being the Bengals, they really leaned on Mixon a lot last time they played before their bye week. They he ran all over the Carolina Panthers. They have to keep him in check, both as a receiver and as a runner. 29 yards that they did with the, the Saints last week on the ground. I don't think that can, can be considered the norm. But, man, if they could just keep him bottled up, that will be huge. Second key, harass Joe Burrow. They did that well in week one. Can they do it again in week 11? It doesn't have to be sacks, quarterback hits, pressures, Get force him to move the ball before he wants to, and then be opportunistic in the back end. But the third key... The third down and red zone defense is going to be huge in this game. Getting off the field and in the red zone, bend, don't break. Hold them to field goals. That's going to be absolutely critical. So there are the three keys on offense. Run the ball, improved red zone production, keep it clean. Defense, stop Joe Mixon, harass Joe Burrow and third down and red zone defense. All right, man, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. I'm excited for this game. Let's talk a little bit about... What's coming up? And that's the DraftKings Sportsbook Parlay. Every week, as we've said all season, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, our loyal fans, to follow. This week, our parlay is... Now, last week, let me talk about last week before I get to this week. Last week, I hit two out of three. I just needed Pat Fryer to score a touchdown. They tried... They targeted him I think 3 times in the end zone, in the red zone and just failed. The one time I think if he wasn't interfered with, he probably would have scored. But I'm, I'm I'm so close. So, you know what? I'm staying away from individuals here. But I'm taking a big gamble on this one. Taking a big gamble on this one. Here's what we have. Cincinnati Bengals points 21 and a half under. That's plus 105. I think this I'm trying to I'm thinking the Steelers are going to keep them under 21 and a half next leg pittsburgh steelers points 20 and a half over plus 145 plus 145 here's where we get a little risqué on you now i'm saying take the steelers on the money line plus 170 plus 170 that means i want i think the steelers are going to win this game outright they're not going to need the four point spread so i've got cincinnati bengals under 21 and a half Pittsburgh Steelers over 20 and a half and the Pittsburgh Steelers on the money line plus plus one seventy. My prediction, well, you know, when that'll be coming, that'll be coming up in the, in the second half of this show, but be sure to check out the behind the steel curtain Twitter, where there will be a link to all the bets for you to check it all out. that'll be live on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, both in West Virginia and in Pennsylvania each week. DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. As we always say, see the show notes For details. All right, folks, coming up in the second half, Jerome Betts is joining me. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. the Friday Let's Ride podcast, which means one thing and one thing only. It's time for Jeremy Jerome bets in the All Bets Are Off segment. What's up, Jeremy? How's it going?
1: It's going great. I'm excited to talk Steelers football after a win. There's some optimism in the air.
0: Yeah, it's been a while, that's for it's sure. Uh, but yeah. yeah, here we are talking about a Steelers win. We're going to talk about that NFL picks, which in case you didn't listen last week for the listeners out there, we don't pick every game anymore. Uh, just due to time restraints, we're just trying to you know, I guess you could say, uh, streamline the process. We're only doing picks that kind of make sense for the Steelers and the Steelers fan base. So we'll be doing that here shortly. But my first question for you is the, one of the debates that's going on amongst the fans right now Mm -hmm. is Kenny Pickett's progress in week 10. Some people loved his performance. Some people said it was very underwhelming. Some people were just meh about it. Where do you fall on that scale? Um, I kind of fall in the, in the, um, the I, I thought
1: I saw very good improvement in like when when the play was just wasn't there, not forcing a ball down the field, throwing it away, living to fight another down. He didn't uh roll out of bounds for a two yard loss, you know, getting rid of the ball if he, it was looking like nothing was there on the rollouts. And uh, but then again, also, his, he he kind of saw some ghosts, it, it seemed like, and uh, maybe uh, bailed on the pocket a little early um, in some situations leading to uh, a couple of those sacks that the Steelers gave up six sacks in that game. So not great from that perspective, but not killing you uh, is is a great step in the right direction. I think uh, part of the emphasis of the bye week was getting him to avoid some of those rookie mistakes and, uh, you know, take steps that way. And I think that you saw Steelers defense can play, like it did in week one and like it did last week, then you don't need Kenny to do too much. If the running game's there uh, again as well. So I, I like, I like what I saw out of him as far as uh, let's not throw this game away. We've got it in hand. Let's take care of the ball. Uh, that was the best aspect of it. In my opinion.
0: I liked what Pickett said during his media availability on Wednesday, when they asked him, you know, Oh, you didn't, what about some of these sacks? You know, you kind of held onto the ball too long. And he said, well, you're taking shots down the field. You kind of have to hold onto the football if you want to <laughs> let the receivers get open. And I'm glad he said it. Cause that is yeah. kind of, you know, it's, it's the catch 22 that Ben Roethlisberger dealt with for a long sure. time in his career where he would even openly joke with the media and say, well, you know, I hold on to the ball too long but- and I, I get it. <laughs> and it's frustrating for some people, especially the offensive linemen that don't want to give up sacks. They don't want to see those sacks on their stat line, but ultimately like, people want Kenny Pickett to drive the ball down the field. They want to see those downfield throws. Well, the The blocking has to hold up. I, right. I was I was most disappointed with the accuracy, and I, maybe it was just an off yeah. game because I I thought mm-hmm. that early on in this game maybe I, I don't know I, d- I doubt he was nervous but maybe he was, uh you know there's a lot of pressure on the kid and it it just he just was not accurate with the football if there's one area I'm gonna ask about the red zone if there's one area you think that if Matt Canada is looking at everything and he's saying okay. We need to try and work on this to help improve our red zone efficiency because it's not the best right now. What would it yeah. be for you?
1: I think it's it's staying, uh, staying aggressive running the football in the red zone, especially once you get down inside the ten yard line. You got two backs that are are powerful and explosive at, at first touch, and um, you know, it, there's not a lot of times where Najee Harris or Jalen Warren gets stopped cold turkey in the backfield and uh so i think get as you get in closer that's got to improve um and also like you mentioned uh pickett's uh accuracy down in the in the red area i, I agree I, I when i was tweeting for uh behind the steel curtain um during the game you know i i mentioned that kenny pickett looked a little scattershot on sunday and that was you know something that You hadn't really seen to that point, so I think it was more just an off game, but utilizing Pat Fryermuth in the middle of the field, George Pickens on the outside, and then uh, that running game, hopefully, uh, is what you can rely on to improve in the red area using some of those bigger bodies, some of those more powerful individuals down there.
0: Yeah. in the offense, you know, it's kind of like, you know, wow, 217 yards on the ground. That's fantastic. But the offense didn't really move the ball through the air that much, but still they had big chunk plays. I think that's important. the Big plays and And sustained
1: drives too. You know, that was something we hadn't seen really at all. Uh, It was one sustained drive here and there. And then three and outs the rest of the time that last week, it was a lot of sustained drives and a few missed field goals. You know, uh, that's a little bit better from an offensive
0: perspective. Defensively, I mean, what are your thoughts on Minka Fitzpatrick potentially playing a week after having an organ in his body removed?
1: Yeah. Uh, he's a, a bigger man than I am, I guess I would say. <laughs> uh, you know, I've never had appendix surgery, and I hope to to not have that issue. But uh, I can imagine, you know, any type of invasive surgery like that has got to leave some pain behind and uh, some discomfort. So, you know, I, I think – his passion to play and uh, his drive to be the best that this defense can be, because I think that they think that they're a championship level defense, um, and that they can keep them in any game is what's driving him to be out there. And if he feels good, you know, let the man play, uh, he's, a uh, uh, obviously a great contributor. So, you know, I don't have necessarily any concerns about, uh, injuring himself in play. I just hope that he's a hundred percent, uh, physically to be
0: able to to make the plays that he can i think that Minka Fitzpatrick, he's a very smart guy and i love how they were talking about how grumpy he is because he's not a yeah. guy that's like <laughs> cheery and always talking to the media he's very brief he's to the point let's get this over with um you know it's kind of like the old yeah. marshawn lynch i'm here just so they don't find me um right that kind of reminds me of Minka, but still i think he realizes how big this game is if yeah. the Steelers are somehow able to win this game, and I do think they have a very legitimate chance at winning this game, if they could win this game, it changes everything. It does. I mean, not only do you sweep the Bengals and you're two and one in the division, but now you're four and six. You've got two games coming up that I think are very winnable. In correct me if I'm wrong, it's at Indy on Monday night, and then don't they yep. go to Atlanta after that? Correct, yes. And then mm-hmm. they then they host the Ravens in week fourteen. Yep. So you could potentially yep. Potentially, be on the cusp of 500 before you play the Baltimore Ravens your next divisional game, and that's unbelievable for a lot of reasons. And I don't want to go too far down the line, but I think Minka Fitzpatrick sees this game and says this game is huge. Like this yeah, is it. This is absolutely. a big one. This is a big one. And if he's in there and you get the three-headed monster at safety of Edmonds, KZ, and uh, Fitzpatrick, I mean, come on, Jeremy, you know what that means. That means they can do yeah. so much. They can do so much more. I Man, that's got to be exciting, right?
1: Oh, absolutely! I think uh, you know. I'm going to write about it later this week. That this game is is the crux of the whole season for the Steelers, where from where they sit right now at three and six. If you look at the AFC standings, there's six teams with three or fewer losses, and everybody else has has four, five, six, seven losses. So the Steelers are right in the mix for that seventh spot still, even despite the the rough start to the season. So you know, beating Cincinnati to get to four and six and dropping them to five and five, you're a a half game out of them basically because you have the, the head-to-head tiebreaker in your own division. And so, you know, you've got all these other teams like Indianapolis is ahead of them, Cleveland's ahead of them. Uh, the Chargers are ahead of them. They've been struggling. So uh, New England's ahead of them and their offense has been struggling. So if you beat the Bengals, obviously it's a jolt for your team as a whole because you're like, man, we beat the Bengals twice this year, the AFC representative in the Super Bowl last year. And uh, we can beat anybody with this defense and with an offense that doesn't make mistakes and can grind it out. So, uh, you know, a win this week is huge. If you lose though, moving to three and seven, some of these teams start to separate and, you know, you've got some easy games coming up maybe, but you also got to play the Ravens twice and you got to go, Uh, play cleveland again who beat you already so uh it 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 would be tough for the steelers to make a playoff run at that at that point
0: very critical point of the season but you know what let's talk about some nfl picks now like i said at the beginning of this segment we're not going to do every single game just the games that are somehow pertinent to the steelers let's get this thing started off the game that i picked first Is actually it's it's a one o'clock game on Sunday, and most are like, ah, it's Philadelphia. Why Philadelphia at Indianapolis? Indianapolis coming Mm. off of a win. Uh, We all know the the head coaching situation they have going on there, and this is the next opponent for the Steelers after Week Eleven on Monday Night Football. The Philadelphia Eagles are giving the Indianapolis Colts seven points on the road. What do you think about this one with Jeff Saturday at the helm and Matt Ryan back at quarterback?
1: Well, I, th- you know, they were obviously spunkier than they had been, um, in that case, but I think you're, you're looking at a team that is just inferior on both sides of the ball to the Eagles. And despite being at home, uh, the Eagles coming off of a divisional loss, their first loss of the season, I think they're going to be, uh, pushing to rebound in a big way. And the Colts would seem like, um, uh, easy meat if you will at this point so uh I like the Eagles to cover even at -7 and uh you know this is this could be a game where the Eagles really show that they're a better team than the, what they showed on on Monday night
0: I agree. I have the Eagles covering that seven point spread. I think the Colts are going to be like that. Like you said, that spunky team for the rest of the year, but I don't think they it matters against Philly. They're going to be pissed off. They're going to want to revenge or not revenge, but they're going to want to uh, get, you know, get back on the winning track after losing that game to the Washington commanders. Let's go to the next game that might matter to the Steelers. And it's actually not going to be as advertised. I don't know what the spread is doing here with this game. They were talking about the Cleveland Browns at the Buffalo Bills. Mm. Uh, The Cleveland Browns game was supposed to be in Buffalo. I talked about this at the opening of the show they're calling for three to six feet of snow in buffalo and so the nfl has officially <laughs> moved the game to detroit yeah. so doesn't really have a home field advantage anymore for buffalo i've always been curious what they do with tickets here uh, i doubt mm-hmm. many people from buffalo are going to be able to travel to to michigan to watch this game considering they're calling for a uh, three to six feet of snow in buffalo uh but still the cleveland browns are getting eight and a half points what do you think about this one this changes everything
1: yeah it does i mean the Browns
0: play a style of offense
1: that could keep Josh Allen and company on the sidelines if Nick Chubb um, can, can play some kind of ball control uh, that we've seen in some of their wins this year. Um, I just don't know if defensively Cleveland can keep up, and despite Buffalo not having a true home field advantage here, um, Buffalo fans travel pretty well. So I think you'll you'll still see a good contingent of of uh, Bills fans there. Um, the home and away thing I, I don't know if it necessarily matters for Buffalo. Maybe more for Cleveland because it won't be as loud. It won't be as cold. Um, you know you're going to have a, a much better. If you're Cleveland, you feel like you've won in this situation. So, uh, but I still like the Bills uh, to rebound. Uh, they're they're a Super Bowl. Type team. They've just had a couple rough weeks in a row, so I like them to rebound against Cleveland and hopefully take out a Steeler division rival. Do they cover the spread? Eight and a half. Yeah. Well. Wow. Eight and a half. I, I had seven and a half when I made my pick. So I picked. Yeah. That's a. That's still tough. But yeah, I'm going to go that they still that they still cover here.
0: I agree. I think Buffalo is still there again. I think there is an emotional aspect of these games. I think Buffalo is going to be ticked off and they're going to want to win mm-hmm. that game. So I, I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills to cover. The other division team, the Baltimore Ravens, they are hosting the Carolina Panthers and giving them 13 points. What do you yeah. think about this? 13 points
1: is is huge even for a a bad Carolina team, but Baltimore's at home and coming off their bye week as well. I think John Harbaugh behind Mike Tomlin has the the best record in the AFC for coming off a bye. Uh so you know, it's going to be tough for, for Carolina to to be competitive in this game. But still with that huge of a spread, I, I like the Panthers to to cover the 13 points. Their defense plays solid enough that I think that they can mess with uh Lamar Jackson, who's been a little scattershot himself recently and has trouble finishing games in the fourth quarter. So I think this will be a little bit closer than uh, maybe Vegas is telling us.
0: I think Baltimore covers the 13 point spread at home, even though Carolinas they're coming off a of mini by themselves playing on Thursday night last last week. So, uh, but I think Baltimore's just going to outclass them in every way, shape, or form. Baker right, Mayfield's
1: playing this week for the oh Panthers, yeah, so
0: Faker Faker's out there again. <laughs> yes, sir. Little Baker Mayfield sucks. We'll be talking about that in a couple weeks. I'm excited for that. Okay, let's also the, the last game want to cover for this week is uh, we always have to cover this team. The Chicago bears go yeah. to the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are giving three. What do you think about Chicago after that dreadful loss to the lions last week?
1: Oh man. Uh, what more can that offense do to, to win football games uh, Justin Fields is playing out of his mind right now and they still can't win games. Um, This is the battle of who can run the ball the best. And, and both of these teams are, um, heavy rushers of the ball. I think both of these teams are the two uh, heaviest uh, as far as running the, the football. So um, the Falcons being at home it is a, a big deal here. Uh, they play better at home uh, in the friendly confines of Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, but I, I, I like the Chicago Bears here. Um, they got to get over the hump sometime. And I, I hate to say it because we want them to continue to lose for that draft position, but uh, especially at Three and a half points. I like the Chicago Bears to keep it closer than that and maybe even win this thing outright.
0: I've got the Falcons minus three. That's just me hoping the Bears continue to lose. That's there you (laughs) go. (laughs) All right, let's go to the game everyone cares about. 425 Steelers, Bengals. Steelers are getting four points. The Mm. line has moved all the way down to four even and the over under is set at 41. Jeremy, how do you see this going down and what's your score prediction?
1: Yeah, this it's. Setting up to be a low-scoring slugfest, I think, with Jamar Chase out in Cincinnati. And the Steelers quietly are having a really good season stopping the run. So without Jamar Chase, the Bengals really want to try to ride Joe Mixon to glory, and uh, you saw them do that against Carolina in their last showing. But, um, you know, Cincinnati, I I think the Steelers match up well with that run game, but I just don't know – if the Steelers can can swing beating them twice in the same year, it's just it just doesn't seem like something that's super realistic. But maybe that's just my head playing with my heart a little bit here. But I'm going to go uh, the Steelers cover here, but I think the Bengals probably still win. Um, it, it's going to be tough for the, the running game that we saw last week to continue going against a pretty solid defense. That defense is getting a little healthier. And I still don't know if I trust this passing offense to do enough uh, to win if the Bengals get hot for a quarter or two. So I think the Bengals are going to win a very close one. 24-23 is my final score with the Bengals uh, kicking a field goal to win it
0: uh, as time expires. Well, that's really interesting. You said 24-23, right? Yes, it did. It's funny you say that because when I was thinking about this game, and I do think the Steelers have a legitimate shot. There's some people – I do the expert picks article every Friday yeah. for the website – the experts are all on the Bengals. I mean, yeah. I, I, I was—I was actually shocked that some weren't even. They were most said they were going to keep it a little close, but there were a whopping number of percentages were going towards the Bengals. I think the Steelers have every bit of a chance to win this football game, mm-hmm. especially if Minka comes back, TJ Watts back. He's got a game under his belt. He's going to be more in better condition than he was last week. The defense is going to have to do their thing. But it's funny because I have the final score, and this is just These numbers came to my head today, and I just ran with it Pittsburgh 23, Cincinnati 21. So, did you just take the field goal off? You said the game winning field goal. Yeah. That's my final score <laughs> prediction of okay. 23 okay. and 21. So, I, hey, I could see it playing out either way. I think the Steelers getting fours is, is, I think you, I, I like that bet. I've got them, I've got it. Steelers on the money line. So take them 23, 21. We'll see how that plays out. All right, Jeremy, let's talk to the people out there about, uh, what's going on with you and the website and your podcast. And, uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're, um, the Steelers fix podcast where we just drafted, uh, by value, the Steelers defensive players. Uh, so we're going to do the same thing for the offense, uh, this upcoming Tuesday. And we're going to have a guest with us this week. Uh, Jeffrey, uh benedict is going to join us uh, Mm. and talk some some Steelers offense with us give us a little bit of a film guru perspective on the offensive players as well so you don't want to miss that episode coming up this this tuesday we'll also talk about the game and then like i mentioned i'm going to talk about how this game is the the linchpin the crux of the Steelers season and give a couple reasons why uh, that's the case and and how it could jump start the Steelers if they can come away with a win I think that they can win as well it's just going to be so tough to beat the Bengals twice uh maybe I'm trying to reverse uh jinx myself uh, here with uh picking the Bengals but uh you know follow me on Twitter at the bets 93 always putting out Steelers content NFL content you can follow me there and uh I'd love to get to hear from you if you're listening to the podcast
0: all right Jeremy as always thanks we'll see you next Friday
1: have a good All I right,
0: Steeler fans, thank you to Jerome Betts for taking the time and being a part of the show, as he always does every Friday. Let's get finish this up with a heart-to-heart, as we always do. To me, this is going to sound funny, but I think there's value in, in the struggle, whether it's in your life, whether it is in football with a team or any team sport, I guess, or any individual activity, endeavor. I think there's value in struggle. Being able to see where you came from and what you overcame I think that you know just having to get through it. So a lot of people going through tough times. Everyone goes through tough times all the time. Uh, so they, they, you know, there's people that lose their jobs. There's people that are going through a loss, whether it's a family member, whether it's a divorce, doesn't matter. Uh, there's people that you know are just down in the dumps over the Steelers not winning, and these players are going to be down in the dumps when they look at three and six. But here's the thing: I think there's value in the struggle. I think back to the Steelers teams that went to the Steelers players that went to Super Bowl 45 especially those that were on the Super Bowl 40, 43, and then 45 teams. And there was almost, I hate to say the word entitlement, but there was almost an expectation of this is what was going to happen. Well, you know what? It doesn't always happen. How do you deal with that? Well, I think that these players are going through right now is they're going through that struggle. And the question is, Is will they get out the other end? Will they be better off than when they went into it? It's tough. It's tough to go through a long season like this. You think about the rookies, George Pickens, Kenny Pickett, DeMarvin Leal, Connor Hayward, Jalen Warren. They've never had a season this long before, and they're not even close to done. College football is wrapping up, and these guys are just hitting the midway point of their season. And so there's a struggle in that as well. I think there's a value in that. There's value in the struggle. It can lead to long-term success. So while, yes, this season is not gone as anyone hoped or expected, ultimately, I think about this season and I think, you know what? There can be a lot of value and learning through the struggle. The struggle in and of itself can be a great educator if you're willing to let it educate you. That's also always a very important part of this thing. So there might be some value in this for the Steelers after all. All right, that does it for me, folks. The Steelers play at 425 on Sunday, so that means I'll be on the post-game show, and then you also hear me on Monday for the winners and losers segment. Let's hope we have a lot more winners and losers after the Steelers and Bengals duke it out at Acrisure Stadium. But have a great weekend. You know how we finished out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. We'll see you on Monday. Go Steelers. My candles bright I sleep for three to four
1: hours every night
0: so